Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski Podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm your host, Adam Wright, along with co-host Justin Tucker. Now, we have week two of our player rankings coming up right in a few minutes. We have uh, linebackers coming up this week. Uh, we have a lot of... Uh, this was a, this was actually a fun one. We had a lot of different options. We have uh, we picked some good players, uh, but first we have some breaking news that we have to cover uh, from a couple of days ago. Uh, the Julio Jones has finally been traded to a new team. He went to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, now we we discuss we discussed this as an option, the Tennessee Titans, a couple of weeks ago when he was one of Julio Jones's top options to go to. Um, now we've discussed how how much of a fit this is, uh, but Justin, I've um, I got to ask, um, how good are the Titans? How how good do you think the Titans are with Julio Jones added I to the think, mix? I think they're right back in the AFC title contenders right now. If you go from Corey Davis to Julio Jones, you're doing something right here. I mean, this guy is a future Hall of Famer. Even on a down year, he had around 800 yards and still was a very productive guy, even hampered by injuries and while being on the field with Calvin Ridley. So all in all, I'd fair to say he's he's going to be fine in Nashville, Tennessee, with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback, Derrick Henry as his running back, and a running mate with A.J. Brown right next to him. I believe he'll get plenty of one-on-one opportunities and be able to feast upon those things. And now, if they're if he's able to do that, they can't leave the box as heavy as they as they want to with the de- with defenses now. That'll open up the box for Derrick Henry to just run roughshod all over everyone, and that'll allow them to play ball control offense and not give opponents many opportunities to score. And then I could now see them in the AFC Championship game. <sighs> And it pains me to say they could actually contend for the Super Bowl. But they ain't being the Ravens. But overall, pretty pretty good improvement for the Tennessee Titans. So you think your AFC championship is going to be Ravens-Titans? I did not say that. But I do think they made a step in the right direction. I would love that as my AFC championship game. I would love that, but I don't think it's going to happen. You know, that would have meant that they would me- they would meet in all three rounds of the of the NFL playoffs besides the Super Bowl. Wild card round, divisional round, and AFC championship. Yep. It'd be two out of three at that point. So I, I think you guys are tied. Uh, yep. the the Titans won the first game in the divi- the first one in the divisional round a couple of years ago. Then uh, your Ravens won the wild card round. So mm-hmm. it would be winner takes all, the AFC championship game. Then one team's going to move to the NFC, and then it's going to be, oh, who's going to win the Super Bowl between those two? All right. So let me first start off on this by saying um, if it takes a second and a fourth round to get a future Hall of Famer in Julio Jones, why wasn't half the league in on this? I mean, there were a lot of teams who were in on it, but they were out once. uh, They were out because it took a second-round pick. Um. My New England Patriots were in on this. Uh, we're in on the on the Julio Jones sweepstakes from the beginning, and I'm sitting here questioning why didn't they pull the trigger on a player like this? 
Who are they gonna take? Who are they gonna take in the second round? Who's better than Julio Jones? Even if you only get two, three good years out of him, or maybe mm-hmm. one year, um, you go you go for that guy for a couple of years. They did that with Randy Moss a few years ago, and you need to do it again with Julio Jones. They didn't. Um, with that being said, when I talked about the Titans as a fit, um, at first I didn't. I thought. When when we when I was dis- when we were discussing it a couple of episodes ago, back I believe it was episode 25, we were discussing uh, the t- the two teams that uh, that Julio Jones wanted to go to, and it was the Titans and the Patriots. That was the that was the original report that said that, and I thought this I thought that didn't make much sense at the time, um, but over the over the co- past couple of weeks thinking about it, I'm actually kind of, I've actually been thinking about it a little bit. It is a fit because they lost Corey Davis and they lost Johnu Smith as well. And that leaves them with really their only le- their big legitimate passing threat being uh, being AJ Brown. So um, they needed to they needed to add somebody into that offense. And I mean, obviously, when you add in Julio Jones to replace Corey Davis, that's a huge upgrade. And now they have an electric offense. On paper, they still haven't replaced Johnny Smith, but they do have that kid, uh, Anthony Ferkser. Anthony Ferkser is it, and um, who can fill that gap um, and be a serviceable tight end in that offense. But Ryan Tannehill should be should his play should elevate. Um, Derrick Henry should see more room to run now, and AJ Brown is going to get more opportunities. Overall, just an electric offense. I still think this is a team that needed to focus more on defense, especially since they lost a lot of players mm-hmm. in that defense. They lost Malcolm Butler, um, and oh, I, I know I know he's not. I know he in recent years since he left New England, he hasn't been a huge player for them. But with the he's way that defense is, that defense doesn't have much left. They they don't. Mm-hmm. It's a good defense, but in in some aspects. But they're it's clearly a one sided team. They they have they're not quite balanced. It's gonna be they're gonna be run on offense. So now that being said, this team is gonna score. This this team is gonna put a million points on the board, but they may wind up put, allowing a million points as as well. So mm-hmm. that leaves me with the question: How good is this Titans team with Julio Jones? Most absolutely a playoff team. Um, they may go. 11 and 7 or sorry 11 11 and 6 still misses with five. you I, the, the 17 game schedule is screwing with my head I'm telling you they I I don't like this um <laughs> I I don't I'm uncomfortable it makes me uncomfortable <laughs> the 17 game schedule it's going to take a couple of years to get used to but um this is a team that that is definitely going to be in the mix but I just I don't see them being um a legitimate threat to represent in the Super Bowl, I just I just don't see it. They're, that defense isn't good enough. They should have addressed that. I know you can't really. Sometimes you can't. Beggars can't be choosers, and they certainly, as a beggar, they got Julio Jones, so that's great. But um, they're kind of they're kind of in a similar spot to they, where they were last year. A good team that was in the mix, but they just couldn't. They just couldn't. Um, they just couldn't get it done. They couldn't get over the hump, and I don't think they'll get over the hump this year. Yeah, I mean, they have to come through Baltimore, so of course they weren't getting over the hump. I'm just saying, 
A.J. Brown, Julio Jones are your number one and your number two receivers. Derrick Henry is your running back. Ryan Tannehill is your quarterback. You could do a lot worse with these line with this arsenal here. You could do a lot worse. And as far as their defense is concerned, I think they've made improvements, even though they lost some people. I believe their first round pick, Caleb Farley, will be a great player for them if he develops the right way. And hopefully they will take steps in the right direction to help better their defense over over time. But right now I do see them as a playoff contender. And it just makes it even tougher in the AFC. Just, it is tough now that I think about it. The AFC is a tough conference. Now, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm not doubting that offense. And they're, they're better off. I didn't think they were going to, before they got Julio Jones, I didn't think this team was a playoff team after they lost what they lost on defense. And they lost, and they lost Corey Davis and Johnny Smith on offense. I thought this team isn't a playoff team. Now mm-hmm. they're kind of back where they were before. This is a good pickup. This is a very – it's a great pickup for them. Um, but they, they still don't address their need on defense, which is, which is, which is key to win, for them winning a Super Bowl where they need – they kind of have to – they need to get more balance on this team or else they're just they're gonna, they're gonna, – like I said, they're going to wind up scoring a lot of points and they're going to wind up giving away a lot of points. And there's going to be a lot of shootouts where they end up shooting themselves in the foot on defense and they lose some games. Well, um, uh, there's still a lot of free agents out there, a surprising amount of free agents out there. So maybe they will try to address that at some point in time when it comes to defense. I don't like defending these guys, but, yeah, I believe if given the right circumstances, they could push the AFC title game. They ain't getting past us, don't get me wrong, but I could see 12 and 5. 13 and 4. Oh my god. He's 13 he's, and 4. That's a bit he, of a stretch. I could see it. They're in the AFC South. It, yeah, but 12 and like 12. And, the Colts are good. The Colts, the Colts are good. Then there's the Texans and Jacksonville. That's four ja- wins. That's you think Jacksonville's going to be better? I I think Jacksonville's going to be Jacksonville's going to be respectable this year. I think they're going to be respectful, but again, I don't think they have anybody to stop like Derrick Henry because he always does well against Jacksonville specifically. Like always. Yeah, well, they do have Trevor Lawrence. They have a better offense. It it's going to be tough to. Um, it, I mean, that, think about it this way: between the Colts and the the Titans, that's going to be a good division battle, don't you think? Yeah, I believe both of them will get like four to five wins in just that division alone. I think they'll split between each other, but uh, it'll it's going to be a heated matchup, and one of them's going to have a home playoff game, and the other one's going to be in the wild card round as one of one of the seven teams or two of the seven teams. Yeah, it'll just come down to which team wins the division, which team sl- just slides into the playoffs. Maybe one of them will beat them in the beat the other in the playoffs. Honestly, um, I want I want to know when do they play each other? Because if it came down to like a week seventeen matchup on like Sunday night football, I'm watching that. That's gonna be a great matchup. I want to I want to see that. 
and I think you and I have talked a little bit off camera about um, through uh, fantasy, through a fantasy football perspective. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking more about Devontae Adams if Aaron Rodgers gets traded. There's some more drama with that um, that didn't make the heaven that didn't make the episode uh, because we have bigger news to cover. But uh, a- Aaron Rodgers is going to be a holdout for minicamp. He's most likely gonna he's not gonna get traded this season. He's he. If anything, if there's any movement for him, it's going to be after this season. But anyways, um, if you if you if you're a fantasy football enthusiast like me and Justin, for those of you who are listening, um, invest in this Titans offense and that Colts offense as well. There's going to be some there's going to be some numbers put up from those two offenses and it's going to be electric. Yep, I think Jonathan Taylor might be one of my reserve backs. I might have to, you know, insert. Absolutely. All right. Now, next, we are going to go. In, we are going to start our player rankings and go into our linebackers the same way we did it last week, where we're going to do the bottom five first, and then we'll go to the top, the top five right after that. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss this. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. All right, let's get started. We have our bottom five linebackers in our top ten. All right, Justin, do you want to lead off with your number ten guy? I know people are going to say I'm biased about this one, but all honesty, he's a top ten guy for me, and that is Patrick Queen, linebacker for my Baltimore Ravens. Now you say, Justin, come on now. He's not a top ten. His numbers may beg to differ. As a rookie, head over on over 100 tackles, had a few sacks, a couple of forced fumbles, and a couple of fumble recoveries, and a touchdown, and an interception to his resume. And watching him, he does have a lot to improve as far as pass coverage, but, but I think overall he'll take a step up and be better because he didn't even have OTAs last year. So he had to do all that basically off instinct alone. And I believe now that he has a full like mini camp to and OTAs to learn the defense under new coaching with Rob Bryan, I believe he'll he'll be even better. And that's saying something. I think he'll do very well. This is the second week in a row where you've put a Baltimore Raven at number 10 in your top 10. Just yes. Yes, I understand. Deshaun Elliott was unjustified, but yeah, but I believe Patrick Queen is a little more like justifiable you could see why i put in the top 10 yeah that being said i put my donta hightower in i love his leadership he makes big plays and big time moments a textbook patriot when it comes to leadership and and just mental toughness and being able to play through things he opted out of this past season which could be a little bit of an issue and he hasn't he he has a history of injuries but i think Getting a season to kind of sit back and kind of uh, rest for uh, this upcoming season, he'll be healthy, and I think he's due for – all right, now number nine, Justin. My number nine guy surprised Adam when I told him this, but my guy at number nine is Miles Jack out of Jacksonville. Now, was that Jacksonville defense good last year? No, it was not. Were they average? Hell no, they were not. But all in all, the thing that somehow held held them together was Miles Jack. He took a step in the right direction with 
without any of his running mates from 2017, still performed admirably in the position he was put in, in a developmental phase in Jacksonville's future, preparing for the inevitable Trevor Lawrence. So I believe he'll continue to be productive for that team, and he'll be there when they finally make it back to the playoffs within the next five years (laughs) and be one of the best linebackers in the game. See, I love Miles Jack's athleticism. He's one of the more athletic linebackers in the game. He's probably he's he's a very good linebacker. He's a relic of the past back when the Saxonville Jaguars were terrorizing the league in 2017 mm-hmm. and just ripping teams apart. I remember when they just gashed Pittsburgh that one uh, in that one playoff game. And they made some plays against New England, but it's hard to beat the man himself, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Especially when it comes to playoff time, the AFC Championship game. You're not beating him in New England. What a game that was, though, wasn't it? My team banks differ, but we'll we'll get to that another day. And he was involved in a controversy in that game. Remember? If if you remember, back in, uh, in the fourth quarter of that game, one of the there was a fumble. They weren't the refs weren't sure whether or not it was a fumble, so they just rolled him down. And they they keep on saying, well, he was untouched. He was he was headed for the end zone if he didn't uh, yeah. if he didn't. But it was a very close call. You can see why they ruled him down at first because he yeah. actually, if you looked, um, so it was Dion Jones who, or sorry, Dion, uh, Dion Lewis, Dion Lewis, sorry, Dion Lewis. Uh, was tackled on the play. He fumbled the ball, but you could see that he had that ball trapped against his that he against his uh, hip for a little set, for a few minutes there, um, and he wound up. They wound up ruling it a fumble, but it was very close. They were down two. They were down about uh, two possessions at the time, about ten points, and uh, Miles Jack recovered the ball. Uh, they wound. It didn't wind up amounting to anything they want the jackson jacksonville punted and then uh new england went back down to score right after that but uh intense moment that's that's really what i when i think of miles jack i think of that and Mm -hmm. honestly good linebacker he's not in my top 10 but i do have uh, a linebacker who is number nine for me who kind of fits your formula for miles jack he was on a very bad A very bad defense, which was Atlanta's, the Atlanta Falcons defense. Very good linebacker, and he was a bright spot on this team. Um, And you you feel uncomfortable putting an Atlanta Falcon in your top ten linebackers, but Deion Jones does fit the mold for me. Um, He's been putting up consistent numbers his entire time playing for Atlanta, and. I think people forget that that front seven this past year for the Atlanta Falcons was actually pretty good. They were able to stop the run. Their front seven was good. Um, it was their secondary that really screwed them over. But Deion Jones was the embodiment of that. He was a he was a force, um, and he is in my number nine spot for top linebackers in the league. But I get it. Twenty-eight to three. You don't want him in. You, you don't want defensive players. Twenty-eight to three. I, uh, and then this year with their defense. Oh God. 
He's not a bad player, of course not. I believe on a, a better defense, he'd show more of what he's good at. But, oh, my God, it's hard to look good in Atlanta's defense. They basically let everybody through. But enough of that. I digress. My number eight linebacker is number eight. Yep, Demario Davis, linebacker for the Saints, leader in the locker room, leader on the team, leader on the defense, and leader in the trenches. He is the head honcho of that Saints front seven, which includes Cam Jordan, remind you, and formerly Ted Hendrickson. That. That means something to me when one guy is a double-digit sack guy and another guy is an all-pro pass rusher. And he's the one that makes that whole defense work. He's the glue that makes the back end and the front end gel. And I believe he's the reason that that defense is very, very, very good. Well, not great, but very good nonetheless. Because when they play in the dome, they're just un- – very hard to beat. See, I have Demario Davis, too, at number eight. So mm-hmm. a, a rare occurrence where we actually agree on something, That's which well. might mean that either me or you said something dumb or that we both actually said something smart for once. Mm-hmm. Could be. But I like Demario Davis. Uh, that Saints defense was electric this past year and the past few years. And Demario Davis was really in the middle of that. Such a great front seven for the Saints. And Demario Davis, he's constantly racking up tackles. He's He can rush the passer. He can do just about everything. And he's a great leader on that team. That Saints defense is going to need him with the way that that Saints offense is going because they're going to end up – that's going to be a defensive that's, – that's going to be a defense-centered team, and they're going to need every bit of him. And I think they're going to – they're going to get every bit of this guy. So he's my number eight guy going into this season, but a rare occurrence where you and I, Justin, we agree on something. A rarity. Um, very. Very. We'll enjoy very. that when that la- how that, we'll enjoy that while that lasts. It, it's about to change, because uh, my number seven guy is Tremaine Edmonds. Number Tremaine seven. Tremaine Edmonds. Well, yep, he's my number seven guy. I, I believe health, when he's healthy, he's a Pro Bowl linebacker. I mean, the results speak for himself. And I don't think he's as maybe as impactful as Matt Milano is to that team. But at the same time, I don't think Jermaine Edmonds was healthy, and I think he was injured. I don't think he was fully healthy that entire season. So if Jermaine Edmonds can stay healthy, I believe he's one of the better linebackers in the league and rightfully deserving of it in the middle of Buffalo's front seven defense which isn't bad within its own right, too. See, I have Roquan Smith, a guy who is – so you mentioned you mentioned you got a guy who hasn't been healthy, and you say, well, if he's, if he, if he's healthy, he's going to be good. Uh, I have Roquan Smith, who has been healthy for most of his, most of his time. Uh, early on in his career – in the early going of his career, he, he's, this is a young career for him. He's only been in the league for three seasons – and this is this was really the first year where he really started to emerge, and I think this was this was his breakout year. He's gonna he's only gonna get better from here. And Roquan Smith, watch out for Roquan Smith on that elite Bears defense. Another great um, front seven that they have going on there, especially with um, what's his name, Mister uh, 
uh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name, Khalil Mack and Jordan, uh, Aaron Hicks, that whole team, uh, that whole front seven, and Roquan Smith being part of that team, it's going to be, it's going to be great. Yeah, not, not a bad pick. A solid one. He barely missed the cut, but not, not there yet. My number six guy. My number six guy is Devin White. Now, too low. Too low. Too, too low. low. Six. He's yep. he's six. He is not too low. He is he is right where he needs to be. He is a top ten linebacker, and he will stay at six for right now, because uh, as he's phenomenal as a blitzer. He's fast as all hell. He can get from point to point just like that. He's reliable in coverage, and if you need him to make an open field play, he's got it like that. This guy's good. He's just a little inexperienced, so when he when he plays, you can tell the little tendencies he does. But overall, he's a pretty he's pretty good. But exactly. he's not better than the five guys in front of him. Mm, I'm not sure about that. I, he, it is what it is. He had with the raw talent that he has, that guy's going to be that guy's going to explode in these upcoming years, especially this year. He's young and he can do he can pat he can he can rush the passer. He 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 got nine sacks this past year. Yeah. Nine for a linebacker. That's imp- that's impressive. And he he racks up solo tackles. The tackles for loss are there. The only thing that needs to, he needs to fix is the uh, the only thing that he needs to fix is the uh, missed tackles. He had 19 this past season, 19 missed tackles. That's a big number that needs to cut down. But with more experience, he's going to get better. Uh, anyways, I have Eric Hendricks <laughs> for my guy um, for end number six. Yes. Okay. Well, Tell you me. had you had Devin White too low, so you know what? I'm gonna have Eric Kendricks as number six. He's not low. That's not low. Six. Explain. Explain yourself. All right. Now, Eric Kendricks. He has racked up. St- he has racked up tackles for most of his career, but just not as me- as many as the five guys in front of him. And he, he's good. He's very, very good. He's a he's a very good linebacker, one of the best in the league. But I just don't like just like how you said De- Devin White isn't as good as the guys in front of him. Eric Kendricks isn't as good as the guys that I have in front of him. You're telling me he's not as good as Devin White. That's what you're telling me. I have Devin White over Eric Kendricks. Yes. Oh, my God. OK. OK. You must really love speed then, because, oh, my God. I really like speed. Yes. Mm, wow. He can rush the passer very well. How many How many sacks did Eric Kendricks have? Let me Let me look up. Let me look up how many sacks Eric Kendricks had for this season. I'll look it up on uh, Pro Football Reference. Yeah. Eric Kendricks. Here we go. So we have he got zero sacks for the 2020 season. Nine in his career. You know how many Devin White had this past just this past season alone? Nine. So as many as he has had solo tackles in the 2020 season. 69 
and he's <laughs> never gone over 72. Yeah, wh- whatever. We get it. Um, and another thing to add on to that is he's he only has one full season under his belt. Now he has seasons of going two seasons of going 15 games. He has a couple going 14. This past season, 11. So health is a concern as well. And health really hasn't been a concern of, of the five guys I have in front of him. I'm sorry. I have him as at number six, that he's one of the be- one of the premier linebackers in the league, but he just doesn't quite fit the bill of being um, a top five linebacker going into the 2021 season for me. Test, mm-hmm. test. Eric Kendricks is out of your top five. I have. Yep, that's right. We're going to go into our top five coming up next. This is the best of the best linebackers. We have actually have very different guys in our rankings uh, coming up in our top five. We're going to we're absolutely going to butt heads on this. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. All right, here we go. We have our top five linebackers. Justin, you want to lead us off right here with our top five linebackers going into the 2021 season? Yes, I do. My number five guy is Devin White's teammate, Levante David, leader of that defense, Super Bowl champion, helped Devin White to get where he's at right now. Those two as a duo, the best linebacking duo in the league by far. I believe his intelligence and while his speed may not be Devin White's, it's pretty fast in his own right. To be able to diagnose plays and be able to make the play just like that, yeah, he's top five in my eyes still to this day. I think he's now getting the the recognition he deserves. Yeah, well, right. That's mainly because he was he was on a he was on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we all know what happens to Buccaneers when they're well, when they're on the Buccaneers. Apparently, won Super Bowl because Tom well, Brady. Well, they won they won a Super Bowl once Tom Brady got there, but that team, other <clears throat> that franchise, other than when Tom Brady was there, uh, for the most part, has been pretty irrelevant. You just you don't think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when you think of the NFL. You think of the Steelers. You think of the Patriots. You think of the 49ers. You think of the Green Bay Packers. You don't think of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers unless Tom Brady is on the team. Um, but anyways, my my number five guy who I have over Eric Kendricks is Devin White, another linebacker. For the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, this guy he has the speed, he has strength, and he has just the raw talent that he is that he has, and the promise that he showed at the early in the early going of his career. He had a great season this past season, and he's only getting better. This guy is primed for a another elite season, and and on a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team as a as a as a unit. This, this year, they brought everybody back. That team is ready to win. That momentum is on their side, and this is this is a guy who is up and coming, and he is looking to be one of the one of the best running back, sorry, uh, linebackers uh, in the league uh, going into the 2021 season. That's nice. He's still not better than Eric Kendricks. I will say that right now. He is not better than Eric Kendricks, but I digress. I- 
Yep. Give me give me your num- number four guy. My number four guy is Eric Kendricks. Now he is my number four guy. He plays in what? What? He's not top six. He's top five, and he's probably top three. But I'm being objective here. He's top four. Over Devin Devin White. Yes, he's. I think I just made it clear he's better than Devin White. But let me explain. Stats don't take into the full picture of what Eric Hendricks does for this team. The impact he has on on his on the game is numerous because of how multiple that defense is. He can rush the passer, even though he's not asked to do it. He's more asked to be a decoy in those things, while Anthony Barr actually gets the chance to. He can play coverage pretty dang on well. He's actually one of the better passing coverage linebackers in the league. He's asked to cover running backs in one-on-one coverage, which he can do pretty well. One of the best at it. And fine ball, see ball, get ball, one of the best. He is obviously one of the better linebackers in the league and doesn't get enough credit for it because he plays in Minnesota and Minnesota makes the playoffs every other year mainly because of Kirk Cousins but yeah but that defense is A1 and he plays a big part in that right except how great was how good was that Minnesota defense this past year or the year before that solid the year before that, they made the playoffs because of that defense, and the year after that, they barely missed. Well, not barely? Yeah, they bar- they missed it either way. Whether an inch or a mile, they missed. That I offense didn't click like it should have. That Minnesota defense has been shaky the past couple of years. I haven't liked yeah, it. That. I haven't liked they it one bit. And it's mainly because Xavier Rhodes and the secondary has kind of fallen off. Uh, he and, and I know he's not in he's in Indianapolis now and he's actually been uh, he's had a little bit of a career renaissance. But in recent years, with when he was with Minnesota, he hasn't been good. And uh, they've they've kind of struggled to replace his production in the secondary and their run defense isn't all that good either. That the front seven isn't that isn't all that good. Uh, I know they have Daniil Hunter as well. So they have a they they have some players on that team. They just don't put up the results. Um, but anyways, my number four guy. I have Fred Warner. This guy, in the early going of his career, um, he has been elite, and I expect it to continue. And that that entire defense is start is on the up and up. They also have uh, Nick Bosa leading the charge on that team. And Fred Warner uh, is looking like a real uh, a real star and a future num- best running back in the uh, sorry best, keep on saying running back uh, future best wide uh, best linebacker in the league. He's very uh, he's up and coming. He's young, but coming into this season, I see him being uh, a real force for the 49ers this season. It's funny you should mention that because number three is Fred Warner for me. As a rookie, he showed you he can compete at this level. In his second year, he was able to show you that he can lead a team to the Super Bowl on the back of his defense. And in the third year, he can show you he can be healthy while everybody else is getting injured. Nick Bosa, gone for the year. Jimmy Garoppolo, in and out of the lineup. 
George Kittle in and out of the lineup. But Fred Warner, manning that defense, stayed pretty healthy this entire season and was able to help that defense to be average middle of the league, minus all the people they have lost, like DeForest Buckner to the Colts, Nick Bosa to injuries, so on and so forth. With all that said, it He's pretty good. He can. He's great in coverage. He's good at the line. I'm not excited about him blitzing, but he can get to the quarterback just fine. Not like Devin White, but still pretty good. And makes all the calls for that defense. All in all, he's my top three. And pretty solid all around. So my number three, who I have, is Bobby Wagner. So Bobby Wagner has been... One of the best linebacker, one of the best, if not the best linebacker in the game for the past, uh, ever since he's entered the league. Um, however, he's going, he's getting up there in age, and he couldn't stop that lineback, that Seattle defense from being uh, one of the one of the worst Seattle, one of the worst defenses we have seen from Seattle in recent memory. Let's not mm-hmm. forget how great that defense has been. Uh, being called the Legion of Boom. I know they've lost a lot of guys, but um, you would expect you would expect to play a team a defense that's as co- as well coached as they are to fall off so uh, so far. And you know you you see you talk about the the leadership of Bobby Wagner. If he's such a great leader, I expect him to. I do expect him to lead them to more, to better performances than they have. But it was it was a really bad overall performance by them. Other than that, I I mean I, it sounds like I'm going I'm really trashing on him, and it, I know it. And I I mean I, I kind of am. But however, um, he is my number three linebacker in the entire league going into the 2021 season. So he's a great player, and I expect him to continue to do that. Um, I just don't see him being uh, any higher than that. Tragedy. Tragedy He's number three. He should be number one. He should be number one. But we're, we're going to get to that. I've seen your list, and I'm, he's number three, and, I, and I've seen your number two. You do see my number two. I've seen your number five, too. I've seen your number six, and we're not even getting into this. Let's get to number two here. My number two guy is Darius Leonard. The Colts are very good on defense. You have DeForest Buckner as your defensive tackle. Dominant player, especially when he was with the 49ers, and he brought that over to the Colts to make that front formidable. Darius Leonard makes all of that work. Oh, my. Oh, my. First off, he was an undrafted rookie, and he's able to play like this. That's the impressive part. He just showed up out of the showed up on the scene out of nowhere. And now all of a sudden he's legitimately one of the best linebackers in the league. He's either top two or three, depending on how you rank them. And. Every time I just watch that Colts defense, he's always making a play. It's ridiculous. And he's athletic as hell, can 
rush the passer, can force the ball out of somebody's hands just like that. It'll happen out of nowhere. I didn't like it when it happened to us, but well, I digress. Run sideline to sideline with the best of them. Can run down a run, running back. Can make a play in the open field. And can rush the passer. Yep. He's my number two, and I'm very solid in him being my number two. All right. Now, you wanted my number two. You got him. The man himself, the legend himself, Levante David, who was your number five guy. You had four guys taken ahead of Levante David. Yes. I'll tell you why he's number two. Now, not only can he rack up solo tackles, and it's not just the fact that he's been healthy just about his entire career through being a linebacker since 2012, just staying healthy. But have you seen the amount of tackles for loss that he racks up year after year? It's incredible. And I'll, I'll pull up the statistics. I'll give you the statistics now. This, this season he had 12 tackles for loss. In 2019, he had 10, 18, 13, 2017, he had 8, 2016, he had 17, in 2015, he had 10, 2014, 17 tackles for loss, 2013, he had 21, in 2012, he had 20. He's just consistently racking them up. He racks up the quarterback hits. He's always getting in the backfield, and he is getting to pl- getting to all of the pass catchers and the, the the ball carriers. It's incredible. This guy, with the speed that he has, his sideline to, his ability to get from sideline to sideline. He's a perfect complement to Devin White. Those two guys complement each other in, um, greatly, and. Levante David is my number two running back. Uh, I keep saying that. Uh, Number two linebacker in the entire league going into the 2021 season. This guy is a stud, and the Buccaneers were right to bring him back. Yeah, they were right to bring him back, but it's not number two. He is not over Bobby Wagner, and he's not over Fred Warner. I keep telling you this, but you're like, hey. Levante David liked that, and he is like that, but he ain't better than those two. But enough about griping about that number two. My number one guy is Bobby Wagner, and he will remain that for this season. When they were healthy, they got drastically better than what they were in the beginning of the year. Now, I can take into account Blitzboy didn't help things. Because he was playing like burnt toast in coverage at some parts. But when they got better health, health reasons, they they played pretty good on defense. Now, I'm not going to say they woed everybody, but they played a lot better than what they were playing early on in the season. I believe Bobby Wagner was a big part of that. As a leader, to be able to turn around that defense from where it was, to be able to be somewhat competent, I think is a testament to his leadership and his playmaking ability and basically he's the perfect linebacker all rolled up into one and he was always the best slash second best linebacker in the league aside from Luke Keekley who's now retired and that was just him holding that sole place on the throne uh, 
he is my number one guy. All right. Now you have Bobby Wagner. Um, also, just to point out, um, looking at the looking at tackles for loss for Bobby Wagner, uh, going up against Levante David, it's night and day. Uh, Levante David buries him alive in that he eats his lunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that being said, Bobby Wagner's been just as healthy as Levante David. He's actually missed one game in the past five seasons. So, um, hats off to Bobby Wagner for that. He's certainly right. one of the better, best linebackers in the league. We can both agree on that. However, mm-hmm. my number one is Darius Leonard. Mm-hmm. Darius Leonard, uh, a leader in that defense. He transformed that defense overnight, really. If you think about it, that defense before, Levant, before Darius Leonard was horrendous. You look at – I mean, back before Darius Leonard, you would think of the Colts' defense, and you think they are – you think of the worst defenses in the league – one of the first defenses to come up in your head would be the Colts defense. It was just that bad early on. And Darius Leonard has really ch- turned that around. And they're one of the best lo- de- defenses in the league now. Top five easily. And a lot of that has to do with Darius Leonard. He's a leader on that team. He has the speed. And he can really do it all. And I think he's Mr. Reliable. You can re- you can rely on this guy to carry that lo- that Colts defense going into the 2021 season. He's the best linebacker in the league. End of story. He does have an argument for it. I will give you credit for that. He he's been playing phenomenal as of late, and only time will tell. I. I still think it's Bobby Wagner, but I could be wrong because Darius Leonard is that special of a football player. And to think this guy went undrafted as a rookie. Scouts need to do their homework better if this guy is going undrafted. Really? He's just the raw talent that he has. And I mean, we've seen a lot of we, we've seen a lot of unlikely stories from undrafted mm-hmm. guys, but. I mean, this guy. This guy is a leader on this team, and he's just electric. You can feel his presence as a linebacker on in in games, and it really just it, it really is incredible. But this is my this is my top five. You have your top five. We do have very different picks uh, for linebackers throughout our t- entire top ten. The only guy we have is at number eight, Demario Davis. Yeah. The only thing we agreed on. Um, other than that, it was pretty close. Fred Warner was close. I had him in number four. You had him in number three. Devin yeah. White was number five. From as much as we really butted heads on that, you had De- Devin White at number five. I had Devin White as number five. You had him at six. And Kendricks, we were as much as you are ripping me to shreds that I put him at number six. You only had him at number four, so it's only two spots difference. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't that different, but it was it was pretty different. And you had Miles Jack in there in our top five, at our top ten. Mm-hmm. That is just mind-boggling. But any other thoughts on this list, Justin? What do you think of the list? I think it's a pretty good list all around. I think we did a pretty good job with it. I think my list is better as usual. You think yours is better? Let's call it a day. Yeah, it's better. It's better. It's a little better. 
But yeah, that's what we have for our top 10 linebackers in the league. We gave you our update on Julio Jones today. Uh, give it, we gave you uh, our analysis on the pl- team that he was traded to, the Tennessee Titans. Overall, pretty good fit. I think we both agree. Um, it was a need for them. Not their biggest need, but it was it was certainly a, a very a very big need for them. Uh, but anyways, we're gonna we're, next week we're gonna go on to um, our top ten cornerbacks, and we'll give you updates around the league. We'll, as as usual to start off. Uh, but anyways, uh, that'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Check us out on Spotify and Google Play. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at FumbleRooski underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Other than that, we will see you next week. Over and out. <laughs>